happy girl. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another podcast of Women at the Well Ministries, where we believe that all of us have to come to Jesus like the woman at the well in John chapter 4. Our highest priority is making God real in your life. Whether you are listening in our app, in your favorite podcasting app, or on our website at watwm.org, we invite you to sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen your daily walk with Jesus Christ. We are all an innkeeper responsible for our choice to either make room for Jesus or not. The innkeeper in Luke 2, 7 chose unwisely. He didn't make room for Jesus. He gave Jesus only what he was willing to part with. We too are guilty of not making room for Jesus or for allowing him access to only those things we are willing to give him access Join us today in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries as Kim takes us on a journey through the scriptures, revealing God's desire that we should not only make room for Jesus, but also make him Lord of our hearts and lives. Hello, and thank you for joining us in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the time that you allow us to spend in your presence, which is all the time. You have open arms that we would come to you, that we would seek you, that we would desire you, that we would ask, Lord, that you would just give us a greater desire for you. Help us, Lord, to see you in ways we've never seen you before that would inspire us and motivate us to come to you. Lord, let us see you, who you are, high and lifted up. As we come to you studying about how you came to earth and all that you left, Lord, may we find ourselves understanding that you're not still the babe in the manger and that when you were the babe in the manger that you were fully God and fully man and that when you came, you had all that you are and you have given us all that you are. But when you come again, you're not coming as a babe. You'll come as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Help us, Lord, to be ready and prepared that we've made our hearts your throne and our lives your kingdom. Lord, walk with us and talk with us. Remove me from this message and help me, Lord, to be exactly who you'd have me to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Galatians 4, 4 through 5 reads like this. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And as we begin to look at the passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 1 and 2, I want you to keep in mind that the fullness of time was come. God had an intention for sending Jesus to the earth. It wasn't one day he woke up and said, hey, let's, let's send my son to the, to the earth. No, he had created 
man. And man had transgressed against God. They had sinned and all they had to do was trust and believe in him and do what he said. And those things which he said were going to give him the abundant life that they were used to experiencing in the Garden of Eden. But Adam and Eve weren't willing to surrender all they were and they weren't willing to submit to the mighty hand of God. And their sin brought sin into the world. And Romans 3.23 says that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so we find ourselves in this time knowing that we need a Savior. And in this present day and time, each of us need a Savior. We can't save ourselves and we come into the world in need of a Savior. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross of Calvary was the purpose. But in order for him to die on the cross of Calvary, he was going to have to be born and live among us. And as we begin to dig deeper into this message, I want you to know that John 3.16 is made possible because of Luke 2.11. Luke 2.11 says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus came with one purpose, and that was to seek and to save that which was lost. When he was born in the manger, he was looking to the cross. Now his purpose was driven by love and need. He loved us so much that he needed to meet, meet our needs. He wanted to meet our needs. He came because there was no other way that any one of us could get to heaven. And so today as we begin to look, I want you to keep something in mind. He had a purpose. And his purpose was that you and I would have a way to go to heaven. And today, I want you to look at the account of Jesus being born among a woman, leaving all the splendor of heaven and coming to earth through the eyes of the innkeeper. Because the innkeeper of days of old was the one who was first approached about where are you going to keep Jesus? But today, you and I are the innkeepers of where are we going to keep Jesus? 
Are we going to receive him as our savior? Are we going to take advantage of the free gift of salvation and allow him to wash away our sins by simply believing in who he is because of the ransom he paid on the cross of Calvary because of his love that held him on the cross? Are we going to receive that and and make room for him in our heart and our lives and keep him at front center of everything we do? Or are we going to ignore him? And cast him out of our lives. Are we going to try to be lukewarm? And serve two masters. Both Jesus and the world. And, and Jesus said that you can't serve two masters. You'll either love one and hate the other. And he'll spew you out of his mouth. And then there are those group of people who they give him part of their lives, all that they're willing to sacrifice, but not what was required. See, the innkeeper falls into that group. We see in Luke 2.7 that it says, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end, Mary was a virgin, and the angel came and talked to Mary. And we're going to pick up the account in Matthew 118, where the angel is talking to Joseph. But I want you to know that they find themselves not in the inn, but in some other place, because the innkeeper was only willing to sacrifice what it took to put them in that other place. He wasn't willing to do whatever it took to put Jesus in the inn, which is where he came first. Theologians talk about whether it was a guest house, whether it was actually an inn, whether it was a cave, All of those things may be important to some people, but it's not important to the fact. The innkeeper, when he was approached with what he was going to do with Jesus, the innkeeper gave him what he was willing to sacrifice for him. And it was not all he had. It was not his entire self. And it was not what was required. And I'm asking you as we begin to look in Matthew chapter 1, be honest with yourself. What are you willing to give to Jesus? Are you willing to give him your entire life? Are you willing to allow him to have free access to you? Or do you compartmentalize your life? And there are things that you want to do that you know God is telling you not to do, so that part you don't surrender. There are things he's asking you to do that you don't want to do. And so you just ignore his request. But the other things that work conveniently for you, that work into your schedule, those things you do. And the things I'm talking about, my friend, are these. Like time to study. 
The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.15, you're to study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We find time for all other things, but we often fall short at the end of the day with no time to study his word. We often wake up and we just go about our days and we haven't studied his word. I want you to know that what you're actually saying is, I'd rather do whatever it is you're doing than I would study your word. See, and we're told in John 1.14 that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. When we are in the word of God, we are with Jesus. And when he was on the cross, you were on his mind. Couldn't you find a moment every day to put him on your mind? Couldn't you make room for him? Give him something? See, he said that we are to deny ourselves and to pick up our cross and to follow him. But today, I think what we do is we manage him in our lives. We let him in where we want him to be, and we don't where we don't want him to be. And my friends, that's not what's required of us. We are to love him with our heart, our soul, our mind, and our entire being. He is to be first and foremost. And so as we begin to look at this account of the birth of Jesus Christ, I want you to accept your real role, which was innkeeper. And you don't have to make the same decisions that the innkeeper made. You can choose to bring him into your life. You can choose to allow him to be part of your world. You can put him front and center and upon the throne of your heart and life. In Matthew chapter 1, the first 17 verses are all about the genealogy. And those are important, but we're going to pick up this account in Matthew chapter 18, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. And this is where Jesus is being born and how it comes about. So we're going to read it today. And he says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Now there's something very important I want to bring to your attention as we look at these verses in Matthew 1, 18 through 25, which is the point of view of Joseph. Still hold your role as innkeeper, but look at what 
is going on with Joseph. Joseph is going to be asked to do an incredible task. But Jesus reveals to us how he's going to take care of Joseph. But I also find it noteworthy that Joseph was going to have to fully understand exactly what God was asking him to do before he could make a decision to do it or not do it. And Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit want you to know who they are. They want you to understand what they're asking of you. And this is proven when God sends an angel to Joseph and speaks to him because that's what it took for Joseph to understand exactly what God was asking of him. But Joseph still had to be the innkeeper. He still had to make the choice. He had to make the decision of what he was going to do. Was he going to accept this task? Was he going to raise the God of the universe's father? Was he going to raise and take care of and love and cherish the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Was he going to hold in his hand the Redeemer of all lost? Was he going to take what it took for him to marry this woman who was going to be the mother Of Jesus, whom he'd never been with, who was pregnant. Was he going to take the ridicule, the shame? Was he going to love her as he loved her before? Those questions didn't go away when God made sure he understood the task. But he wasn't sitting there trying to make the decision, not understanding what was being asked. That's how Jesus is with us. That's how God orchestrates our lives. And that's why as every believer, we have the presence of the Holy Spirit in us to teach us, to guide us, to lead us, to direct us. But again, we must make room for Jesus in our life. We must make room for Jesus in our heart. And we must be disciplined to follow and obey Jesus when the Holy Spirit speaks. We must have our attention, our heart, our mind, and our lives tuned to the voice of the Holy Spirit. We see that he says to Joseph that you're going to name him Jesus. You see that he says that they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Emmanuel. Let's look at what Isaiah 7.14 says. He says, therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a son. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and he shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah. Well before the appearance of Jesus. Had prophesied that a virgin would conceive the Messiah, the Savior that his name would be Emmanuel. 
books written this far apart are not coincidental. Those of you who are struggling to believe the account of Jesus' birth, let it soak into you. No man's smart enough to make that work. God with us, Emmanuel, is preparing us for the promise of the risen Christ that we see at the end of Matthew. I want you to look at Matthew 28, 16 through 20, and see what it tells us. This is the commission for those who have made room for Jesus in their life. This is what we are to do when we are the innkeeper that says, yes, Lord, you can have all of me. I surrender unto you. And he says this in Matthew 28, 16 through 20, it says, then the 11 disciples went away in Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world." Jesus never leaves the seeking believer. We learned that in Hebrews 13, 5. But the innkeeper, those of us who have said yes, we must surrender our whole lives to him. Some of you, within the sound of my voice, have not reconciled your heart and your mind and your life to Jesus. But he is calling with open arms. And he's not a little baby that's helpless. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords which holds the keys of hell, death, and the grave. Things are different. But he's still the same God that he was when he was in heaven. Jesus is still God when he's in the manger. And Jesus is still God when he's on the cross. And he's still God all in between. And he remains God when he went to prepare a place for us that where he is, we might be also. A lot changed when Jesus came into the world. Let's go on and look as we continue to read Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again, that I may also come. Worship him also. 
When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. When you look at this account, what you see is that they were rejected by the leaders in his own people, in his own town. Foreigners received them. I want you to see that the light was directing them where to go. And I want you to understand that that still happens today. And it's not done through astrology. It's not done through astronomy. It's gone, it is done through Jesus Christ. And he is the light of the world. And his light will guide us safely from this home to our home, not made with hands, eternal into the heavens. But we must trust in him fully. We must be the innkeeper that says, come and fill me. Come and dwell with me. We must come to him like the woman at the well with empty vessels asking him to fill them and then we will never thirst again and we will walk away saying to everyone we meet come see a man who told me all things ever I knew is not this the Christ because the birth of Jesus changed everything of all eternity but the birth of Jesus still changes everything because the birth of Jesus led to the death of the cross which led to the shedding of the blood which led to the forgiveness of sin for all mankind who would believe in the holy name of Jesus and walk in his ways and accept his dwelling in our lives to lead us and to guide us and direct us and to give us that wonderful home not made with hands and to into the heavens and to allow us to have the abundant life he promises in John 10 10 he was a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes with life giving inside of him he is life he says I am the way the truth and the life and no man cometh unto the father but by me Jesus loves me this I know as the innkeeper. Do you know that today? Have you allowed him to fill you to overflowing? The wise men were searching for the king of the Jews. They rejoiced in his arrival. They worshiped. What I want you to see is there's a parallel between the birth of Jesus and the passion on the cross. In the inscription on the cross, which Jesus died, it reads, King of the Jews. The wise men were seeking the King of the Jews. We just read in your hearing that Herod called for a secret meeting with the wise men, and the chief priests conspired to arrest Jesus. In Matthew 26, there are contrasts drawn as well as these parallels. The light of the star brought the wise men to Jesus, but on Calvary, there would be complete darkness. 
I read in your hearing that the wise men worshiped Jesus when they got there. On Calvary, the leaders of his own people mocked him. But the Gentile centurion and his companions confessed him to be God's son. Jesus never varied from his purpose. Jesus never stepped left or right of what he came to do and his birth as a babe resulted in his death on the cross which bought our salvation when he rose from the dead and he washed away our sins by his sinless perfect blood. As we read Matthew 2, 13 through 15, and on to 23, it says this. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. And was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, and sent forth, and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, and all the coast thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy, the prophet, saying, In Ramah there was a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. But when Herod was dead, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph of Egypt. Again, giving exactly what Joseph needs to understand saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead, which sought the young child's life. And he arose, and took the young child and his mother, and, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his Herod, he was afraid to go thither, notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream. He turned aside into the parts of of Galilee, and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken. He shall be called a Nazarene. When we look at Matthew 2 through 13 through 15, we see that Joseph takes Jesus and his mother to Egypt. I want you to think about what that meant, because it was fulfilling the prophecy. But we know of another Joseph in Genesis 39 that he went down to Egypt. And he was able to fulfill the needs of those he loved, just like Jesus is going to fulfill the needs of those he loved. In Hosea 11, verse 1, it talks about how God is calling his son out of Egypt. Again, I bring these to you because this isn't just a story. This is the account of the greatest 
feet that ever walked on this earth. This is an account of our ability to be redeemed as sinful, wicked people who can be washed in the blood of Jesus and we can pursue holiness as the Holy Spirit allows us and helps us to do so. This is an account of redemption. This is restoration. This is love unfolded. This is the greatest gift ever given. This is life changing for all who will believe. And today I ask of you, as you sit and listen to this account, broken words, great thoughts, and perhaps disjointed declarations. But there's been one truth that has swept through, and that truth is this. Jesus is King of Kings. And he left the splendor of heaven because he loved you. And he walked among men and was tempted like as we are, yet without sin. And then he gave the ultimate sacrifice when he gave all he had and all he was that you might gain all he is and all he has. Jesus loves you. And as the innkeeper of where Jesus is going to dwell, are you willing to surrender all that you have and give him all you are that you might receive all he is and have all he has? What are you going to do with Jesus? Are you going to ignore him altogether? Are you going to give him only that which you're willing to sacrifice? Are you going to turn and surrender all? Jesus went through a lot before he even got to the cross. He endured public ridicule. His life was in danger. In this account that we just read, we see that Joseph was such a religious man and he was so obedient to the angel of God that he would move his family so they would be safe so God could do what the Bible had prophesied and what he had come to do. See, he didn't go back to the land of Israel, but he went to Galilee. Because Archelaus, son of Herod, was going to hurt him if he went back to where he was intending to go to begin with. But in Galilee, he would be safe. This is the public ministry that Jesus would begin, would be in Galilee. Jesus was prophesied to be called a Nazarene. I want you to know that in Judges, Hosea, Isaiah, countless places in between. Hundreds of years passed between writings. But they all pointed to the truth that Jesus 
was the Messiah. That Jesus would come and be called Emmanuel, God with us. That he would be a Nazarite consecrated to God. Jesus fulfilled his purpose. And Jesus fulfilled his role. And Jesus gave all he had. The question I submit to you is this. What are you doing with Jesus? Are you making room for him or not? In this study of Matthew, we've learned about God who is living and true, about Jesus who saves his people from their sins, and who is Emmanuel, God with us. We learned about Joseph who proved himself righteous in applying the law of God and being obedient to the mission that was given to him. And I hope we have learned that we are innkeepers. Just like that one in Luke 2, 7. And what I hope is this narrative, this account, this story that I've earnestly tried to lay out for you gives you a foundation to hear the message of the gospel and to understand it so that you too will make room for Jesus that you will give him your heart, your mind, and your soul. That you can stand, like Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven says, and love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. And I pray that you heed the challenge set before the disciples in Matthew 16, 24, when Jesus said to his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. It was a long, long time ago when Jesus came to Bethlehem. Every person who's ever been born since then has been given the role of innkeeper. What are you doing as innkeeper? Remember, you are loved. Jesus loves you. Thank you for joining us in today's podcast. You can visit the show notes for quotes from today's podcast and scripture references. We pray today has been a blessing, and we encourage you to reach out to us through our app, our website, or our Facebook page. You can find our app by searching for Woman at the Well Ministries in your app store or through our website at watwm.org. We're on Facebook at facebook.com watwm. If you visit our website, you'll be able to subscribe to Bible Bits, a daily devotion written by Kim and delivered Monday through Friday by text message. Woman of the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father, and it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. To learn how to partner with Woman at the Well Ministries, please visit our website. Thank you to the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us use their hit song, Happy Girl. 
We greatly appreciate your prayers. We are praying daily for our listeners. Remember that God loves you. You are loved. Happy girl